0: 24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul.
1: Hey, Rob, you okay, mate?
0: Are you missing your rugby league, mate?
1: Yeah, I am actually, mate. no it's uh, it's been a, while, a good while now, hasn't it? And uh, it's been quiet. There's not been much in the, in the rugby league press, as not just regarding Salford but rugby league in general. I was pleased to see the the, the schoolboys beat the Australian kangaroos. The other day, I think that was a massive, massive win. But no, I'm looking forward to the season now, and obviously, the friendlies being announced ticking can fast. It's, uh, it'll soon be here in a couple of weeks now, and uh, we'll be preparing for Swindon.
0: Yeah, Christmas is coming, and everyone's getting excited, Joe. And you're here, ready to talk all things uh, soft red devils. I certainly am. Yeah, I'm getting
2: the, um, the pre season itch now. Um, I want it to be back. At be around
0: and the sprinting game I'm looking forward to and I'm looking forward to the, the fun days we have leading up to it as well yeah so what have we got we've got all the big stories uh, since we were last on uh, we're going to talk about the Willows uh, 13 which they've been running and seeing what we think of that and then also Joe you decided to put a squad together uh, of the players you've seen um, playing for Salford so we're going to pick through that aren't we yeah there's a couple of um, controversial players in there a couple of loan signings we've had in but we'll talk about that later Cool. So, what we'll do, we'll start off with the big news coming out of Soul for Red Devils since we we'll were last on. Down in the news. So, Paul, loads going on on social media from the club, it's great to see.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I've got hats off to the club really over the last few months since the end of the. The 2018 season, the the social media presence has, has been really good, hasn't it? The coverage we've been getting, I've noticed we've been getting quite a lot of coverage in the Manchester Evening News as well. I think Adam Whiteside's, uh, no relation to me, Adam Whiteside's been on doing doing some good stuff there. So uh, it's been good, it's been good to see Jackson Aces. We've mentioned it before, haven't we, Jackson's profile and Joey, Joey loves it as well to a certain extent. But especially Jackson Aces, he is a box office sort of person. Personality as well as a, a good player, and, and the club seem to be using him right, don't they? Especially you know what you're going to talk about uh, shortly, and, uh, and and yeah, it's been, it's been good to see, and he's uh, getting people interested and, and getting our name banded about in a, in a good way. I think. Yeah,
0: it's kind of big story after big story, Joe, and you know that as a fan, you, you want to hear that from the club, and I think they're doing fantastic at the moment. Yeah, it's it's been a really really good off season. There's
2: no negativity about the club anymore. We're being really positive, and this might shock you, but. Fair play to Adam. I've done a couple of the past couple of seasons, but this pre season he's picked his game up. I've had a conversation with him as well, just to say he's not going unnoticed by a lot of fans. And it's good to see that he's now got the range of communication managing, that he's making the club stand out on Twitter, and his other fans interacting with the club and seeing our social media where we was not getting a lot of views on daily daily, daily daily basis. So I'm looking forward to it, and he's doing a good job, and any news is good news as well.
0: Yeah, obviously. Looking at the stories, the, bit, the big one for me uh, is a kid called Kyle, and he decided that he'd give his Christmas money to the squad builder, Joe, um, and the club sort of realised that and sent Jackson Hastings and Joe Lussick to pick him up from his house and take him to training with, with the uh, with the, the club. You know, fantastic gesture for the, for the club that as well. And you know, things like that, I think, it's kind of a, it should be in the mainstream. It should be made outside our bubble, doesn't it? You know, it's good things like that that really should be noticed. Yeah, it should be, yeah. For um, me, that was one of the best things all pre
2: seasons for me um, in any club. It was one of them where it's gone and branched out. It's branched out to other rugby league teams and other national newspapers as well. that Someone from two soccer players going out and making people put soccer on the map. And the young kid will remember that forever. And it's one of them things that it will always be. Known for and it's, it's all down to Hastings's picture and how he creates a atmosphere about the club. What do you think about it, Paul?
1: Yeah, I think Jack's races. I've mentioned it before. I think we've spoke about his, um, his his presence and his uh, his enthusiasm more than anything. You know, for for I mean. It's great to see a player that's come over and he's not just here stealing a living. He, Salford actually seems to mean something to him and he seems that sort of player who will fight for the name of our club and I think the supporters mean a lot to Jackson Aces and I think he wants to do well just for the supporters. Not because there's 10,000 of us or not 10,000 of us but I don't think it matters to Jackson Aces. I think we sort of Took a chance on him, and I think he appreciates that. And in, he's formed a bond with the supporters, and that that that's a special thing. That and um, he's repaying that bond now, I think, and bringing the, the supporters together. And, and that that young lad there, who, who's done that, that's brilliant. That's great to see that. And um, you know, rightfully so, the club have done a good thing. They're sending him around and taking him to training, and, and it, it all builds a positiveness, I think, and, and gets the supporters and the and the players together. And that, and that's what you want. You want a, a really sort of close knit. Organisation and uh, and I think it's going to work wonders for us.
2: Yeah, and the other big news coming out of the, off the social media is Aaron, who's running the 22 10Ks in memory of the 22 lives lost in the Manchester Arena attack. He's obviously wearing the 2018 Magic Weekend shirt, and Ian Boy is inviting him down for a massage off our masseuse Sarah. Um, that's another good publicity for the club and how we can create a good atmosphere for the club and it. It's hitting mainstream news stories as well. What, what, What's your opinion on that, Paul?
1: That, that's great. I was reading that the other day, and just, just to be doing that sort of what he's putting his body through there, I mean, it's absolutely tremendous, isn't it? You know, to do sort of one run um, it's hard, isn't it? But, you know, 22 runs, isn't it? It's a good cause as well you know, as tragic, tragic event that, that, that happened and something that people will never forget. But he's, he's doing a good thing there and you know raising money for it and, and keeping the memory of those people alive and wearing his Salford shirt as well. And rightly so, I think I think he'll deserve some um, some treatment after that, especially uh, on his ankles and, and his feet after all that running. So if the club can help him out with a nice massage and that, but it's a great a great cause and you know it's a heartwarming to see somebody do such, such a good deed really. So. Uh, I was really pleased when I read that the other day. Hats off to him and, and all the best with with he's running.
0: Yeah, I think obviously you know the club doing that, Paul. You know, puts them in into that bracket of helping you know in the community and you know putting it out there, the big stories. And, and you know, we want that as a club. We want to be out in the the outer world of our bubble and letting people know how good we are as a club.
1: Well, yeah, and I think when you want to be a community club and. I think that's the way to go, Robert. As we said before, we're not like a Leeds or a Wigan who's, at the moment who's getting 15,000, 17,000 or whatever. We've got to concentrate on a small band of people that we've got and grow those people. But And the way you do that is you get close to them and work alongside them. And I think that's what the club are trying to do now. And, you know, there's some, we spoke about it loads of times, there's some really good people who follow us off loyal people who will do anything for the club. And if you can get on side with them and work with them, and, and all chip in and, and do things together I think it makes the, the club stronger then doesn't it and you know th- those bridges I think for for a couple of seasons recently were burnt between supporters relationships seem to be strained didn't they between the, the club and the fans and I think that slowly but surely that those those bridges are being rebuilt aren't they and you know connections are being made again and, and that's, that's great to see and that loyalty is going to breed onto supporters and you always have like your few mugs who will do anything but let's get some more of them let's get some more people in there who who the club means everything to and I think they're doing the right thing there and it's been good to see especially with the supporters trust and and the squad builder as well people are in I I read something over there 160 people or 180 people have got involved with that now so that's growing and um, you know it just shows you that people will do things for Salford and the club means a lot to them so so, yeah, long may that continue and it'll uh, be good to see what else we can, we can start out in the, in the close season.
0: Yeah, I think it's just about energising the base. That's what we've done, Joe, I think. I think the club are energising us fans to get behind them and, and, and sort of create that positive feel. And, you know, they've done a fine job so far. For me, though, it's all about what happens next. You can't have three big stories. It needs to be week in, week out, every week. Big stories, putting us out there. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. It's kind of, this
2: season, is kind of started again on the social media platform. They've got a new design in a new designer in to design all the the pictures and all the emotes they use. and um, there's been a big story every week and there's obviously something we'll talk about further, the Willows Wall. We've got that every Tuesday, which is a big story well for a lot of fans and it's just building on week on week on using stuff, getting videos in pre season, interviewing players week in, week out, interacting with fans that way. Just so fans have something to do and they can do something on a Tuesday, Wednesday night. Apart from listening to his podcast <laughs> about the club, and it just it creates a bit more of a connection between fans, players, and club, and that's what we need at the minute. We need everyone to stick together, and we'll come out on top of the hard times. Yeah,
0: I think it, I think it's called Carrie Morris who's helping uh, Adam. Um, you know, I think I think they're doing a fine job. Uh, Joe, and hopefully you know more to come. Yes, if it is, her, she's doing a very very
2: good job, and it's creating good talking points about the club. Something we've not had in a while, so. To me, everything's positive at the minute. It's the mindset of the club is the best
0: we've had in a while. Yeah, and obviously the the the, the squad uh, in pre-season, Paul, with the Ninja UK, you know, following that sort of uh, physical challenge there. You know, I think pre-season it's kind of a psychological thing. People will be watching that players climbing up stuff and being physical. You know, it's all going to be good. I think in the future.
1: It's about team team bonding as well, Rob. In it, you know. Um, You've got a few new guys in there, and those relationships have got to be built, haven't they, during the close season? You've got to work hard, haven't you? You've got to put the graft in in the, in the season There's a lot, a lot of work that goes into that. It is a long season. It when Super League starts, you know, until next October, you've got to be fit. And it, it just looks like the players are working really, really hard. And if you go back a couple of years ago, when we finished in the playoffs in 2017, how fit was we that season? We really hit the ground running, didn't we? As, as what said, you know, we. We put a lot into it, those, those opening sort of rounds of the, of the season. I think that's the way we're going to go, again, get a good start and make sure the players are as fit as they can be and uh, you know, go into places like that Ninja UK. I've never been there before, but I saw the video. I saw Ben McAbu, I think he he was spinning round on something and holding on for DLI but, uh, and, uh, and Watto as well, but they look like they enjoyed it. And that's the thing, it builds good team spirit. And then, like I said, the new guys that are coming in, I think Kensio will be over soon as well Is he's been delayed or something but I'm sure he'll be here soon and he'll be looking to get himself as fit as he can but it's been good to see it everything as you said has been dead positive it's all been covered in the, in the, the papers as well as I said before Manchester Evening News had a full page spread on us the other day when we was at that, that ninja place so uh, that's brilliant that's really good for us and it's just getting our name out there and people talking about us again, and that, that's the way to to build your base and your your, your fan base and your and your crowds and what have you And people know you're there and know and get excited about it. So yeah, it's been really really positive up to now this uh, this post season for me. Yeah,
0: being about being outside the bubble, Joe. That's what's important for this club. Hopefully, more to come, like I said before. Yeah, and um, keep building on
2: week on week, like you said. And the more stuff we get out there, the more chance we have of getting out of that
0: bubble and new fans coming in. So. It was all about getting out that bubble for me. Yeah, it's going to be exciting exciting Uh Paul, you went to the Willows memory night a couple of weeks ago. Tell us all about that.
1: Yeah, it was last Wednesday. It was really good. I've seen the, the film before. I went to the, the Lowry to see it last... I think it was this time last year. And um, we just wanted to go again. I said to my dad, we'll, we'll go. And uh, it's a night out. And it's, you know, we got us off again because we was missing it. We was hoping to take Mike Koeman, but he's not been, um, been so clever. I think he's had a bit of... Um, bit of time in the, in the doctors in the hospital and what have you, so he wasn't feeling up to it. So we went down there and uh, it was great. We saw some ex-players, Paul Fletcher was there and uh, Andy Burgess, Paul Light and Ian Bleas. Good to listen to their stories. We all sat down and, w- and watched the film again and had a bit of a question and answers with the players. There was a, an auction as well. There was some, some cracking stuff on, on auction, some some photographs and memorabilia. Uh, also as well, um, Tez, Tez is it Tez? how old is his name, Tess? Is his second name from um, Red Devils Apparel. He he was there. Um, I think they called Retro Red Devil Red Retro Devils. I think they call now. They're doing some uh, some memorabilia and, and mugs and T-shirts and, and all sorts of stuff there. So uh, so check them out. They're on they're on Twitter. Uh, Joe, help me out here. I'm waffling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <got> <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was it was called Red Red Devils Apparel, weren't they with Andy Ashton and Tez, But I think they've changed the name now. They are on Twitter as Retro Devils. I think they are something like. Yeah. but um, you'll, you'll be able to find them anyway they got some really good stuff I got myself uh, me and I got ourselves a pair of mugs uh, coffee mugs um, with the, the old crest on and that so really good stuff really cheap as well So, uh, but yeah it was a great night really really enjoyed it and if you've not seen the, the Willow's Memory DVD it's absolutely fantastic and um, you know it, it can make you quite emotional watching it it really is it, it goes right through from the 30s and sort of the glory years of the, of the in the seventies as well with the championship wins, the trip to Wembley, and then obviously um, the the eighties at the Willows Variety Centre and things like that, and right through to the Willows being being knocked down, which is really sad at the end. But it's a, it's a great great DVD. Or oh, Chris Eskis on there as well, the late Chris Eskis He he talks on there, and amongst other players as well, Alan Grice. Brilliant, brilliant to watch. And uh, you know, John selling the DVD. I think the ten pound the DVD. So if you've not got it, you know, make a great stocking filler.
0: Yeah, as well as the club kind of embrace the, the history. We've got a rich history at Red Devils and, you know, this DVD and engaging with old players and bringing them back into the club. Only helps the club and those fans, you know, to get that bond bond stronger.
1: Yeah, it certainly does. It. I mean, sometimes you, you forget about how good we were as a club. I mean, I've not really seen much of it in what well, we haven't in our lifetimes, have we? But, you know, you go back to the 70s there, we was the, we was the club. You know the real pioneers, really, with Friday Night Rugby League and things like that. And if you go back even further to the 30s, what a side we was then. So it just shows you an awful lot of history and heritage with Salford Rugby League Club, and, and it's all there on that DVD. And you know, now with the new season, with, with the new players we've got now, and the lots of Jackson aces hopefully we can make some some new history because it's been a long time between drinks, and it will be 50 years next season since we've been to a Challenge Cup final at Wembley. So. You know, I think it's about time we started making some new history now. And obviously, you've got to look back to the past, but let's look to the future and create some some new history because I think, as I said, it's been a long time between drinks. I think our supporters deserve a bit of success now. You know, before uh, before we're all too old.
0: Yeah, we're all getting old, Paul. But Christmas is down the corner, and the club have uh, you know managed to try and get the shirts out before Christmas, which is a good thing.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. That that's great. I mean, I'm not really one for. Um, or replica shirts anymore. I've not bought one for a, for a while. I've got an house full of them. But, you know, for the, for the kids and that, they, they love them. And f- from what I've seen, the, 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 the designs look really, really good. And especially um, the, the team wear as well, like the coats and things like that, look, look great. So uh, so it's great they've got them out for Christmas because people want the presents and things like that. And then it would be great to see everybody wearing the, the new stuff when we play Swinton in January.
0: Yeah, and also, obviously, the income of us buying shirts helps the club. Because uh, that's what, obviously, in off-season, you don't, that's where they make all the big money in it.
1: Yes, shirts and season ticket sales really, Rob, isn't it? And uh, other bits of merchandise and that as well. But yeah, the shirts and the season tickets, and, and especially, as we said before, the squad builder, that's where where your money's coming in from now. And uh, and yeah, let's hope we can sell season tickets. I believe the season tickets sales were up. They've not given any figures out, have they? But they're up on what they were last season. So uh, let's hope people are going to buy into it. And uh, As I said before, if we can get a good start to the season, it can snowball, can't it? You can go back to, as I said before, the 2017 season. You know, we didn't get huge crowds, but we got on a roll there, didn't we? And, uh, and there was a real buzz to, right up to the semi-final and obviously the season tailed off a bit then. But if we can get that sort of start again, now we've got a couple of X-Factor players in there as well. You know, Hastings and Louis, you know, keep a keep a fully fit squad and avoid some major injuries to the spine of our team. I think they can have a really good season.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Like you say, everyone's up. You know, the conference is there in the fans and, and the club's doing fantastic stuff as well. Uh, and it's only Christmas as well. There's plenty more time for plenty more good stuff
1: to come. Yeah, there certainly is. I don't know whether there's going to be any more signings. It's been pretty quiet in the rugby league press and I've been keeping my eye on the league express for any sort of stories and that but I think what I've been quoted as saying is he's on the lookout for for other players so whether anybody else will come in I'm not too sure. But I like the look of the, the, the squad, and you know, like we said before, they've just got to hope we can get as fit as they can now in the pre-season. We've got some options there in, you know in the backs and, Maybe a bit light in the forwards, but we've got some good players there. The good sign is a bit of Lusick and Hastings. Ken Seal, another excellent sign, I think. So we've got some strength in depth there in certain positions, but not in others. But I'm hopeful it's going to be a good season.
0: Yeah, obviously loads going on. The uh, supporters trust uh, Christmas party it is on Saturday. Looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, my kids are looking forward to it as well, really, more than me. But uh, you're going out, you know, to this because yeah. my, my, my kids have been asking for... Uh, your Rory asking if he's going, so we're uh, looking forward to seeing you there on Saturday. It'll be good. It was really good last year. It was excellent last year. You know, well, Haraki was there last year and a couple of other players. And I think it's at the same place again, Rob, isn't it? That soft play in Swinton, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. it was really good last year. The kids all enjoyed it. And uh, that was another good thing that the supporters just did last year. There were some, some great events last year. You know, the... The 21 years of Super League with the 97 squad, what a great night that was. So uh, let's hope there'll be some more good events coming up. But if you've not got a ticket for the, um, the support, the, the kiddies thing this, this Saturday, you know, make sure you get down there because it's promised to be really fun.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's all about engaging, you know, because they're the future generations of fans, aren't they, Paul, the, the kids? And, you know, bringing a player into the Christmas party, you know, it means the world to them, doesn't it?
1: Um, well, I'm not sure about my kids, Rob, because I, I don't think they, they know anything about Salford, really. I mean, they don't really listen to me. Um, I'm always trying to tell them to watch stuff on the telly. And, you know, do you want to wear Dad's old Yeah, you No, know, they're not bothered. So, um, the, the girls mind too, aren't they? Well, I'm working on it, Well, you know, Jack's naces could roll up on Saturday and they wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. But <laughs> but no, but you know, for, there's there's plenty of kids that it does mean so much too, and uh, and yeah, you, you know, your, your heroes come down there. That that's what you want to see. But it's it's another good thing that the, the the club have done, the sports trust have done. So, um, you know, we've not had we've not had this for a while. When we used we used to have these parties and things when we were kids. But for for a lot of years they went they went without without them, didn't we? So it's good that they've, they've got them back again, and uh, and we're getting the kids on side because as you said, Rob, the the children and. Young people are the future of the club, aren't they? And the more people we can get through buying into it, the better.
0: Yeah, I think, obviously, my, my, my son, uh, he's kind of getting into rugby a little bit, but he he's just pretends to be me and with, a, with, a, with a phone and recording little videos of, of him commentating, going to the kitchen and stuff, which, which is quite funny, really, because, obviously, he watches me, you know, on the video on YouTube and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's pretty weird how, how, how kids sort of, like, perceive the world in a way.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. I bet he doesn't make as many bloopers as you. (laughs)
0: probably
1: doesn't.
0: (laughs) Not wrong. No, (laughs) No, no. it's great. (laughs) Um, Obviously, other big news. Uh, Eddie Hearn uh, has been talking about rugby league uh, this week. Paul, what what do you make of his comments?
1: Yeah, I'm a big boxing fan, Rob, as you know. and um, Eddie Hearn has a massive involvement in boxing and promoting. He promotes so many fighters. Um, It's unreal, really. And what he's done for boxing he's done good things and i think he's done some bad things i mean i won't go into all that because we'll be here all night but what what he said about rugby league i'm not his mass his biggest fan i'll be honest but what he said about rugby league i think he had he had some good points there really and when he said about people he didn't know any any sort of any players names and i think that's what it is sometimes we need to 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 push things more than what we do i think our international game just for for starters i don't think we give that as much much press and as much um, What's the word? As much coverage as, as what it should do, really. Sometimes it's not held by the media. I, I don't think the BBC and, and Sky do a great job sometimes. They let us down, don't they? But I think we've got to shout it from the rooftops, really. And yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the things he said, but it's, there's no easy fix for it, Rob you, you can't just come in and wave a magic wand. And even if we gave Veddy some sort of job, I, I don't know whether he'd better solve the problem. I think it's. Um, it's, it's something that's going to take a long time to do, but he has some good ideas, and uh, I don't know how it's going to going to work with him. Is he going to come and do some work for rugby? I'm not too sure, but um, some of the stuff he said was, you know, interesting and um, and worth listening to.
0: Yeah, Joe. He talks about take, taking the cap away, but then he also talks about sort of promoting the players and making them household names. I don't think you can do both. Then you take your cap away, um, it gives you know gives clubs more money to to throw at the the club, but then he was like... Clubs that don't have the money in reserve to, to, to kind of like function might go over the top and throw too much at them. Do you think that could be a problem? Yeah.
2: It, it could be. He's talking about taking the cap away to get the best NRL players. Who, I think that's the he was going down instead of then He said in the interview, our best players go over there. He's trying to say, take the cap away. They might come over here. Obviously, know, Hastings has come over. a attraction, bigger NRL player. Uh, Matt, or his name, season, uh, Trent Millen has gone to lead. He was playing in the State of Origin in the World Cup not so long ago. He's a very, very, very good second rower. He's forward. To me, it's all about take the calf away, you, you attract more NRL players, and that's how we'll market the game better, and then that's how players will then go on to be household names. But
0: won't the won't the big clubs then stop buying players, Paul?
1: He says, there's a fine line, no, you've got to be careful, you? I mean, Marlon Kukash was big on scrapping the salary cap, wasn't he, and bringing in marquee players and things like that, but then again he, he pulled the plug on Salford's Academy, so you've got to, there's a, there's a fine line between breeding your own your own players, your own youth systems and things like that, and putting money into that, and signing sort of superstar players from Australia or Union or wherever, so I think you've got to make sure you get the balance right really. Uh, yeah yeah, he's right but with with scrapping the salary caps solve all well, the problems I'm not too sure because would there, would there then be a breakaway of certain clubs who, who've got rich benef- benefactors who can just go and sign everybody then you've got like a breakaway league then a four teams who are just wiping the floor with everybody else so I'm not sure because you go back to the days of when sort of like we was growing up Robin you, you, had, you had Wigan there didn't you who um, just sort of bought everybody and they saw somebody and they bought and they had a really sort of heavy squad, you had a decent player and they'd take them off you and they were the only side that were full-time and they'd just wipe the floor with everybody didn't until, until we tipped them over in the cup. So, what would you go back to them sort of days? I'm not too sure. There's a lot of things to, to debate and, and talk about, but, you know, Eddie, he, I don't think he's no expert on rugby league, he's just like an outsider looking in, but I don't think scrapping the salary cap is, is the answer to all the problems, to be honest. I,
0: I think the salary cap gives it more of an even playing field. I'm I'm not very good at history and stats, Paul. But is it kind of four, five Super League clubs that have won a have won the Grand Final since it began? You know, is that enough, really? You know, for the for the sport we are. Surely, if it was more competitive, if talent was spread more evenly. You'd have more clubs buying for that Grand Final.
1: Well, yeah. You, you look at um, Australia. I mean, you look at the NRL. I, I can't. I not like to say how many different sides have won that, but that. That's the sort of league where anybody can win it at the start of the season, and then the season after, the team that won it before can finish sort of lower down. I think that's a really really competitive sort of league where, where a super league. You look at the table now, and I've just been have look this week, and thinking, oh, where do I think teams are going to finish next season? You could probably predict it and, and not get it too far out. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I don't know whether the salary cap's a good thing or a bad thing. What you don't want is what we've had before. Where, we didn't have the salary cap and you had teams like Oldham and Workington in the, in the top flight there who we were spending loads and loads of money and look where they've ended up now. I mean, Oldham's without a ground and they're really, they really struggling and it's sort of this boom and bust sort of thing, is it, where you just spend a load of money you've not got and then it doesn't work out for you. Crowds don't come and then you never really could recover from that, do you? So you don't want that to happen because that could really kill the game. But... I'm not like a massive money expert, me, so I don't, really, I don't really know what the answer is, but you don't want to lose players to, to Rugby Union. And, and where, when people say we're losing players to Australia, that doesn't really bother me, because I think a lot of players go to Australia to better their game, don't they, and better themselves. you only got to look at the likes of Gareth Ellis, Elliot Whitehead, who's gone over there recently, Josh Hodgson. They've been fantastic over there, and they've come back and played International Rugby League and been better players for playing in the NRL, so I don't think that's a problem. Uh, to be honest, with you. I think the rugby union one is where we've lost players to rugby union, um, but no, it's, it's a massive conundrum. Robin, someone probably talk about all night.
0: Yeah, but I think rugby union's kind of an upside down, um, you know, sport. Really, most people look at the Six Nations, watch that, you know, religiously, but then don't go and watch Sale on a on a on a Sunday, Joe. And you know what I mean? The whole media is kind of like aimed at the international scene, and the local scene is kind of ignored. Yeah. I, I do see that. I think it's mainly because the
2: internationals are on the ITV yeah. and Sky Sports. Yeah. British Yeah. BBC and that. Yeah, and the um, is it BT that has the the championship yep. now? Yeah. So I don't think BT put enough. It's kind of similar to the this guy Sky. They don't put well. enough advertisement out there for it. Where ITV is it ITV? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, BBC. BBC. That's interesting. BBC. I it? think
1: it's BBC for the Six Nations, isn't it? Yeah.
2: BBC they masked it solely for the international I and mean, then when our internationals come around we get a couple of adverts a week mm. well would you would you have really said if you went to an outsider when the World Cup was over in twenty thirteen, would a, would an outsider have known that the World Cup was on BBC? No. But would, we would have gladly know that Match today was on or the nations on six Yeah.
1: I think I think with Rugby Union, um, it's a funny one, rugby union. I think club rugby union, I don't think it's it's any bigger than, than rugby league. I think the rugby union get the, the, the coverage just because of that Six Nations really. When you think about the Six Nations, I don't think people particularly go to watch the match. I think it's more the occasion. Um, it's very well publicised in the media. You've only got to buy the Daily Mirror or the one of the tabloid papers in Six Nations Week. It's absolutely full of it full of rugby union, double-page spreads and this, that and the other. And it has been, ever since I was a kid, it's always been on, been, not that I've watched it, I never watch it, but it's on It's on terrestrial television It's a massive thing made of it. And It seems to be, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Oh, <laughs> you, oh that's what you're looking, that's the word you're looking for for me.
1: You're, you're yeah, looking, yeah, yeah, but it is, people seem to go to and not so much to watch the, the match, more of the occasion. I mean, you get Royals going there, do they know the? End of a rugby union ball from the other. End. They probably don't do they? They just sort of go. They sort of. I'll be careful what I say here. Now I always think it's like middle class sort of farmers and that. And they go go watch it, but and are they just going because of the occasion of twicken and, and you know have a load of prawn sandwiches at half time whatever? I don't know, but that's how it always seems to me. I don't think they're the rugby union purists. Other they they're just go in for the for the occasion of it, and and but you've got to hand it to rugby union because they they've always put their international game on a platform for me whereas rugby league hasn't we've always been sort of more to our clubs haven't we and you've only got support supporters in rugby league and you know a lot of the time they they sort of put the international game on, on the back burner really don't really they're more interested in what their clubs are doing and I think we lose that sometimes uh, I'd love to see Great Britain come back I think For me as a supporter, I thought sort of late 80s, early 90s, going to to Wembley, watching the World Cup final when we was Great Britain, I thought they were great days. Uh, The the Ashes Test against Australia, I I thought they were good. I thought that's when International Rugby League was on the up then with the likes of Andy Gregory, Sean Edwards, people like that, Ellery Hanley playing for us. They they were out a fire. They were good times. And I think we've sort of lost that now. And You go back then, those guys were household names. Now you look at sort of Tommy Makinson, who's just won the, the Golden Boot, is he a household name in, in this country? I mean, probably not, is it? Uh, people in Rugby League will know who he is, but outside of Rugby League, they won't. And I think that's something we're missing out on at the moment.
0: They were a household name because it was on Terrestrial Teller.
1: Exactly. But were are not getting
0: paid mega money like they are now compared. And that's the difference. Hmm. You, you, you go to Sky, you get you get paid the the, the Golden Goose gets a lot of money. You go to the BBC, you might not get as much money in your pocket, but you'll get more coverage and you're outside the bubble. And that's the, that's the difference, I think.
1: No. Yeah, well, well, you're right. I mean, you, when you talk about Sky Sports, um, Sky Sports has, has given rugby league a lot of money, hasn't it? And without Sky, you'd probably be snookered, really. We probably be part, we still be part time. We probably won't be all full time teams. But, but going back to Sky, I think they hinder us sometimes as well. When you only got to look at Thursday night rugby league, Friday night rugby league. Sky seem to to manipulate for themselves sometimes. They, Sky won't put you on at a prime time slot, really. You know, on a Saturday afternoon or, or a Sunday afternoon or whatever. They'll they'll put your own matches on. When they've got time to fill, so they'll put your game on a Thursday night when they're not when there's nothing else on. Um, as soon as the football season starts, to me, rugby league takes a back seat. Then on Sky, it's all about football, isn't it? And, and I don't know. That's that's the impression I've always got with, with Sky Sports, anyway. But so perhaps I'm wrong. But, um, but I don't. Know. I don't. I don't think they do the, the best job. Obviously, the money's great, but I, I don't think they give us the best coverage in the world.
0: Yeah. Obviously, let's move on to other things, uh, Paul. Uh, the club have uh, had a... Sort of surveys running through the uh, through the last few weeks about Salford's best uh, 13 to be put on the the willows wall in in the museum. Uh, currently, they've got Paul Charlton at fullback, Keith Fielding, Dave Watkins, Chris Esther, Morris Richards, Kenny Gill, Steve Nash, and your mate Mike Coolman's made the uh, the 13 uh, so far. You know, fantastic players, one of all
1: yeah and it's funny because they're all from that sort of era of, of the 1970s really aren't they the, the 70s team um, and I don't think you can argue with that Rob to be honest with it, it's 42 years since we won a major trophy and that's that's what people remember don't they and we've had a lot of mediocrity and a lot of poor sides since then and I think people look back on that time of the seventies between sort of seventy three four and seventy five sixes with a great fondness, don't they? And it was no surprise to me that those guys that you mentioned have all have all got into that, that side. I actually vote for Mike Kooman himself, even though I've never seen him play. But for a guy who's played four hundred and sixty three games, because I think it's very hard not to. And uh, you know, guys like Morris Richards, the amount of appearances he made and five nearly five hundred games and three hundred tries, fantastic. So it's been really exciting to to see those. Um, those sort of votes they've had on every week and I've not agreed with all the nominees and and then some of them have been have been great I've just seen the hooker one today and that's a real conundrum because some fantastic fantastic names in there Malcolm Walker Peter Edwards uh, Matt Lee and then my dad was telling me about a guy called Ellis Devlin who played for us in the 70s you know, fantastic player ahead of his time sort of thing and then there was guys who, who didn't who didn't make the cut for, for uh, I think of a few, Mark Moran, I don't think he made it, Bob Bedell, a few others. So it's great, it's been great to to, to read that and, and, and just look at people's comments and, and what people think it, uh, is that it's been their best player. Because, uh, no, it, I fully expected it, well, I fully expected it to be probably the 1970s team, but hopefully a few lads from our era will get in there as well.
0: Well, do you think, Joe, do you agree with, with Paul that these players should be in that, seventeen because they won the league forty years ago? Um, harshly,
2: yeah, I think it it's been, like Paul said, forty two years since we've won a major trophy. and um, that can't go under the rug. It's gotta we've got to be proud of that. I know it's a long time ago, but we still won a major trophy. Um is there really been good enough players to be in our greatest thirteen since then? Obviously like Paul mentioned some of the players that have um, we're one of the nominees.
0: for mm-hmm. yes, one Daniel Holdsworth. Um, well, I mean, you, you say that, Joe, but people obviously that generation there look at Daniel Holdsworth like you know we look at Steve Blakeley. Steve Blakeley, you know, Salford's top stand uh, You know, third top point scorer of all time. Great standoff. carried the team for for years. Don't, I always left, you know. He, he he didn't make the he didn't make the cut, and I can't understand how. He really did talk him me. Really did. Yeah, I do I
2: do get that. I was through what he did for the club, and now he carried. He must have had sore, sore shoulders for a couple of years. And, but I've heard stories about Stephen Ash and Kenny Gill. Oh, again they were ahead of the times in the way they played with the league. They wouldn't would have standed it out today. So it's it's one of them. You're going to get people on the fence about who should be picked and who shouldn't be picked, but. Anyway, then all the players that do get picked in the 13 would have played for that badge and they wouldn't have been here for the money. I Even mean, if, if it is a 70s team, then we played for the badge and that's what all we want now is people to play for the badge. And obviously, Richards and Coleman playing over 250 games for the club. That's not too shabby. No. That's not too shabby. I, I couldn't do that. I can't play four in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone that over eight, nine years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, you know it was a fair vote. You know you can you can always vote for your favourite, and you know I think it's great. Obviously they're talking about the the history of the club, and you know bringing these players you know to the to the to the to this generation, aren't they? You know showing them how how good they were, Paul.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, really, that when I when I've done it, and I've just done the, the hooker one today, and I was thinking that there's about four players in there, and I, I could make my mind up between. Between the four of them, I mean, well, three of them, have definitely got Mark Lee for me, who was a fantastic hooker. Peter Edwards, I thought it was tremendous in the mid-90s. And I think if you ask Malcolm Oka, he'd probably say he learned a lot of his trade off Peter Edwards and Mark Lee. So he's dead hard. I think he, he can, it depends what day it is sometimes, who all want to vote for. So that, and I think that's the good thing about things. Like it gets you talking. And I know you you two have been doing, doing your squad, haven't you? I've not really had a lot of time to pick my sort of all-time, favourite sort of Salford for 13 but I could probably do three or four for you or maybe more than that because you've got players who might be your favourite player and you've got a player who you might have thought was a better player than him but he was your favourite player so it, it's great it gets people talking no disrespect to any of the players who did get in there I mean like mentioned Steve Blake there. I thought Steve Blake was a fantastic player but I never saw Kenny Gill play so and I believe Kenny Gill was was an outstanding player so it's, it's whatever you've seen really but um, just going back to the uh, no disrespect to Junior Langie, but I don't know who put Junior Langie in there. Was that his mum who voted for him in there? <laughs> because I would not have I wouldn't disrespect any rugby league player, but I wouldn't have him in my me, me all time sort of best centre for so good, there's been some better centres than him. No disrespect to Junior. Uh,
0: yeah, we've had a bit of fun. I uh, like you say, Paul, we've created kind of a squad, haven't we? Uh, talking about the players that we've seen, Joe. Uh, today we're gonna to be talking about yours. Um, do you want to go through? Do you want to go through your 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 first your team? I mean your squad. Sorry, I'll I'll name the player and you can tell us why they're there, and then me and Paul can have a try and cut you down about it. Really, we're
1: going to chip our two penefin. We're going
0: to throw it in. Yeah, so, <laughs> he's got he's going for Kevin Lockett at fullback as his number one. Yep, go. Yeah, he's if he if he was fully fit
2: after watching in the NRL for three four years. He would have gone on to be one of our best ever players. His ability wise, what he could do with a rugby league ball, and his brain, he was 10 times faster than any player in the Superfield at that point. And it just goes to that Huddersfield game, first game. He was on a bit of uh, adrenaline, a bit of momentum, big signing, had all the fans around him. If it wasn't fringes, who knows what could have happened He was close on the starting 13 with. he was close to getting, but what has got the number one jersey. He
0: had he had one good game against Huddersfield, Joe. He,
2: if he was fully fit, he would have been a world class
0: player. If I was fully fit, I'd be a world class player.
2: That is very true, but for me, he, he came over and what he did on, and what he did in the NRL, and he, he came over. If he didn't have dodgy knees, he would have gone on to one of our best ever players. And that Huddersfield game, he had a couple of average, good games and. To me, he, he brought a lot more into the club as well. He took a couple of players under their wings who have gone on to other clubs and made names themselves as well. Paul,
0: help me out here, mate.
1: he's no Gary Broadbent, was <laughs> he? Was <laughs> no, I, I understand what Joe was saying. You're like an X Factor player, play not he? And I remember his, his debut at Woodsfield there. I think um, he he's still had jet lag then I think he'd just flown around from Australia that weekend. He'd only been in the country a couple of days and he came on the pitch that day and absolutely lit the game up. Didn't he? he was electric that day. And I remember saying to my dad on the way, God, that's how he plays when he's, he's sort of jet lagged and he's not fully fit. What's he going to be like when he is fully fit? And I don't think he played the week after. I think he was injured. I think he played OKR away and I think we won there, but I don't think he played. And then he got dogged by injury. And I don't know, he seemed to have problems, didn't he, off the field and and things like that. And it was a shame really, because a, a fully fit, as Joe said, a fully fit Kevin Locke and what he did over in, in Australia, in the NRL, you know, who, who knows what could have been, but, um, but no, he's a shame really, but he, yeah, no doubt in his talent, very talented player, but um, he, he probably wouldn't be my, my full-back, but I can see where Joe's coming from, I think.
0: He, he gets better this, Paul. His, his wing up, <laughs> right, is Dominic Manfredi? He played two games for Salford. Two games, he scored in. He scored two tries in one game.
2: He crossed that white line, he got the Salford curse, and he went
0: back to Wigan and look at him now. <laughs> how can you, I just don't understand how he can be in your Super League squad. A low, a loney, he plays He plays one. He plays two games, scores two go- two tries in one game, and you're putting him in your best squad ever. That's all some of our players have been in years, in one game. <sighs> um, obviously I started fully
2: going in 2003, I've not really had many decent try scoring wingers since then. Um. The other, probably the other two are actually in my squad, um, my five and the reserve, so it, it is hard to choose wingers that we we scored with, currently only probably got three out of four or five wingers currently that could score, so they were nowhere near the squad, and Don Mount he does it week in week out for Wigan, so... You still play the game soft. That was your rule. You can you can was for ex- players who played two, three, games across that white
1: line.
0: So <laughs> you, you can't pick. You can't pick him for his farm somewhere else. Can you,
1: Paul? Surely. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't really. know, but I was thinking there about when he said 2003. I thought, what about Alan Hunt? Alan Hunt had a great yeah. season that season. I, I, I'd have perhaps gone for someone like him. You got Nicky Pinkney, there
0: Brown, uh, even
1: Matt, even Matt in a fire. I think for the sort of twelve months we had we had with him, I would say he was a good winger, but I can think of loads of, of good wingers, you know, Tex Evans. I mean, not not the greatest in the world, but certainly a very exciting player to watch. Um yeah, Dom I'm afraid is a strange one, but I, I I remember the game he played for us and, and he, he was um, very impressive, but just on the fact I think it was one of, was it just a one appearance he played? Just one
2: one? No, no, it was one. He got injured and in, I think it might have been all.
1: He well, did get injured, yeah?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, he scored two tries and got injured, yeah? Yeah, was it year well, on a Friday night or Wakefield on a
1: Friday night? It was a, It was an home game, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: He played in it, so he played in one game. He scored two tries. He gets injured the next week, and you're putting him in your best 28 squad pl- players.
1: Very strange.
0: <laughs> right, let's, let's get a bit of sanity back in, into, into this.
1: It's all about opinions, Rob.
0: Oh, Stuart <laughs> Littler, Joel Moon, Do- uh, Dodgy Odgy. Three good players there, Joel, give you them. Yeah, obviously, a little. his uh,
2: appearance, he went, his appearance record, his try scoring, he could cover the back row, all in out, played for the badge 100% every week, personal hero growing up. Um, you got into knowing him a little bit off the pitch as well, still, so catch up with him now and then, and yeah, for me, you know, no brainer to start a freeing. With Joe Moon as well, his first year, at the, well, his only year at the club. Um, Unbelievable. That back line we had that year was unbelievable. We've always been, and I've always said we've always been a team that, that we have a good back line and a bad pack, or a good pack and a bad back line. Mm. We've never really had the stable well, stability of both, where this season we do have a bit. So that's where Joe Moon gets in, and obviously, the him free uh, kick at London away
1: Yeah.
2: when he missed. What a wonderful night that was. was Saturday night yeah. down in London. Sixteen um, all. Broke a chair that day. He jumped on a chair and broke it when we scored the equaliser. Was it eighteen all? It was
1: a Saturday night game, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: yeah. That white and pink boy kit, and he made yeah. in front of the crowd just a bit the But he's tried scoring record He always gets a good reception. When he comes back, even though he's at okay now. But we'll let him off for
0: that. Gone mm. back home, but yeah. Oh yeah, first choice for me. Yeah. So I think he's. I think they're fair then, Paul
1: shoot Littler, hundred percent. I think Shuett Littler is one of the probably one of my favourite players of that era, really. I mean, for his longevity, I mean he played a long time at Salford, didn't he? And his, his appearances, as you said there, he's he's up there with Malcolm Offen, and they came through sort of similar times in the, in the Academy and you know Lee Lad, Little, um, Littler fantastic player. Not the most gifted, not the most, not the quickest, but for his, for his, when he especially when he played in the centres, I can't think of many centers that got the better of him every week he'd get the better, and he must have been a pain to play against, I mean, he's, he'd, give, he'd give verbals out, he was niggly, he was so unorthodox, I mean, no matter top centres like Key Senior coming to us and he'd just rough them up, wouldn't he, and get the, he'd always get the better of them, and his, uh, his commitment was 100%, and he chipped him with a few tries, and like I said, not the not, not the greatest player in the world, but a whole player, and Sort of a cult hero sort of player for me, a fan's favourite, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think you'd ever argue with it. I mean, him in mean, like a team of the century just just for the for the fact that. he you know, the way he played the game. And David Hodgson, another one, a very good pro. I think he's been an excellent pro whatever club he's played, at, scored tries. Decent goal kicker apart from that one in, in London. And Joel Moon, as you mentioned there, he's a player with the X factor and it's just a shame that we didn't get to see a bit more of him before he, he left and, and went to Leeds because he, he looked the real deal and for the games he played at Salford, he was a, he's a good player.
0: Yeah, and we've got Jackson Aitens at six, Andrew Donnan, Ray Cashmere and Malcolm Alka at the Ucker. Joe, you know, solid, very good. Dunhaman was fantastic for us. Hastings let the club up at the moment. Uh, Ray Cashmere was a workhorse. And Malcolm Alka was, you know, Mr. Fulton.
2: Yeah, Malcolm Alka was Malcolm Alka. Um, not many people got him with a speed bump. Everyone fell down We they got to win. Um, Ray Cashmere, he's two years, he was here. Was he here two or three, pal? I think he did two. Three. I think he did two years,
1: Cashmere.
2: 2010 and 2011. He felt like a monster when he was massive. he yeah. was. He was massive. Um, very, very good p- veteran prop. He was. He knew what he was doing. He was up a couple of feathers. Dude, 2006 season. But the, the way, the way he organised that team, mm. which wasn't a, a great team by any extent. Didn't have a lot of big name players in that team. Milly you know, Wilson first year, Aaron Mule's first year at the club. Literally slowly moving back to. Second role, McGuinness didn't play a lot. Um, yeah, so he, he, he was kind of first name in the team sheet for me as well. I and mean, then obviously, Hastings is a he had to put in there. If Hastings and Dooley played together, it would have been unbelievable.
0: It would have been. It would have been. I think I bet all them. Paul, I reckon.
1: Yeah, well, Jackson Hastings has got the potential, and to be to be a solid star. I mean, we've not seen much of him yet. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad about Hastings because I like him. I think he's a good player, but I, I just want to reserve judgment on him until I've seen him play against Wigan and, and St. Helens and Castleford and Warrington and these top sides. Because I've no disrespect to him, but so at of the end of last season, we were playing against Championship sides and lower Super League sides, and he did the business in the games he played in. So, so far, so good. So, um, and I'm open. Open. We can kick that on into next season. But there's no doubt he's a talented player. And, and like we said before, about his X-factor off the field as well. So, uh, so yeah, I'd have him, I think you'd have him in your team, but let's just make sure he does it next season as well. Um, yeah. Who else did we say? Kashmir, Ray Kashmir. Ray Kashmir is one of the biggest plunks I've ever seen. He, he like had sort of elastic legs, didn't he? His legs were massive. But no, I think I think he's a, he's a player who I'd like to have seen stay, actually. I think he did two years and then uh, he went back to Australia, didn't he? I think he... He moved back and I don't know whether we wanted to keep him or not, but I thought he was an excellent player. and Craig Stapleton was around that time as well. I think we had two decent props in, in those two guys. there. Uh, Malcolm Olker, you can't argue with Malcolm. I think I voted for him today for my, for my hooker and the, the team one. Um, well, no matter what he's done off the field since then, for me as a player, I thought he was just a, a leader. And from a very young age as well, I mean, he was captain at what, 20, 19, 20, and the way he led the side, the way he used to come back from injuries and, and just, just play through the pain barrier, he was like having a, a soldier on the pitch, a SAS soldier, he was so brave, wholehearted, committed, he's just one of, he's one of the, the hard-working-est, graft-iest players I've ever seen, and uh, you know, to... I can't say enough about Olker. I, I, I used to worship him as a player. I thought he was fantastic, and obviously he's had trouble since he's finished playing. And I hope he, wish him all the best, and hope he, I'd love to see him back in rugby league one day. I really would.
0: Yep, yeah. uh, Joe, you went with Andy Cole, Matty Ashurst, Simon Finnegan, and Matt Flanagan. Andy Coley, sort of freakishly fast, freakishly strong, athletic, probably the complete uh, sort of prop forward uh, for me at the time uh, when he played for Salford. Uh, Matty Ashurst, uh Grafter, uh, worked hard for Salford as well. It's interesting for me. Simon Finnegan and Mark Flanagan. Similar player for me. but sort of we're gonna go Simon Finnegan's kind of like Mark Flanagan point one. Yeah. it it was kind of
2: difficult. I know uh, Finnegan's first year when he came over in oh six. He um, he got the number eleven jersey, so he played McDonald with that role that season. Um so that's why I picked him with Ashurst in the back row. Um, Ashurst, again, he, he plays week in, week out, for us. I thought he was ever injured. He knew how to run a line, he was a back row that could pass, and he, he's gone on to prove that as well, uh, playing for nights and getting a long term contract for it. Wait, so I think Finnegan in his first year scored about 15 tries in that yeah. year as well. Good. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was a, good. I think he back tried for yeah.
0: From the play, the ball used to
2: just pile mm. over there. Um, and then obviously, Mark Flanagan, I still say in his anyone disagrees me, we are a complete different team when he goes off. Mm. He 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 makes our team tick mm. in defence and a so that's why he's in there. And with Andy Coley as well, he's a bit ahead of his time really. Um he obviously went to Wigan, he got a contract at Wigan, he he, he developed playing developed the manager for a couple of years as well as well going into in investment now. Um, yeah, he could pass the ball, he could run. He came to us as a back roller, initially and Swinton, and we we gradually moved him into the middle. And again, could have it's only from 2002 to 2003. I've seen players that I've come through with, mm. so I've seen him play against uh, Matty Ashworth. and um, so I've kind of picked it from that. And players I model my game on going up as well. So it's, it's kind of always pick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Obviously let, let's go quickly through the rest of your squad. Uh, Joey Lucic, Adrian Marlett, Craig Stableton, Luke Patton, Nathan Tate and Brown, Mark Henry, Lee Mossup, Nye Lebels, Josh Jones, Rangi Chase, Andrew Dixon, Theo Farge, Lee Dewitt, Johnny Wilshire and Oliver Gilda Have you just put them at the end just to wind me up? Is that what it is? Did he play more games than Donovan and He did. He he came he came in the um, year after, I think he played about seven.
2: Eddie Evans always said that he's his first try at the High wall Jones. He didn't. He's his first ever League 2 free try for golfers at the A.J. AJL. How
0: many games did he play for About six. Six. I well, suppose it's more than Dominic and Frieda at the Yeah, we've got
2: him and James Freeman as well on Where so we, we had, that game where we had like 17 six players and Kevin Locke started at fullback but played all the game on the wings. Yeah, away at home.
0: Yeah, uh, fair, fair. All their names follow, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, it's hard with the, the lone players and things like that. But I I like Gildart when he came. I remember He, he made his debut uh, at the AJ Bell. I going to say the Willows, uh, At the AJ Bell, and his, his dad um, Ian Gildart was in the in the bar upstairs after the game. I remember speaking to him, and um, he was a second role for. If you remember, Ian Gildart was a second role for Wigan in like the late eighties, early nineties. And people sometimes don't remember, well, I don't think anybody remembers from that great side of Wigan. He was like one of the grafters that did all the unsung work. So totally opposite sort of player to his son. His son's like a swashbuckling centre, isn't he? And, uh, and yeah, I remember seeing him that night and thinking, wow, he's got a real touch of class. That, that lad is going to play international rugby You could tell, you can sometimes just tell when you see a player how good they're going to be and we uh, just going through the rest of um, Joe's team there Matty Ashurst is a player I would like to see stay at Solford I thought he was a very good uh, back rower and uh, same with Andrew Dixon I thought the pair of them we should have kept all of them I think we, we floated them off far too early with Andy Kohler like he said a player ahead of his time really. I remember watching him for Swinton before we, we signed him always oh, impressed me running out wide I always thought he was a better second rower than, than prop forward to me but great turn of pace and I think I might be wrong, but I think he went to Wigan and played more games at Wigan than he actually played at Salford. He had, you know, quite a long run at Wigan there, or a very similar amount of games anyway. But underrated player, I thought. I thought he was a really, really top forward, Andy Cole. Very quick, and um, and yeah, we could do with somebody like that on the side. His size, really, and his, his ability to sort of uh, that turn of pace that he had. And who else did we have there? We had Matt Flanagan. Like you said before, he's a great link between attack and defense. What calls and the glue for obvious reasons and. I don't think you could argue with any of those players I think there's a couple of iffy ones there in his squad at the end but <laughs> his 1-13 was pretty solid
0: yeah I think you know it's great that you know we can have these debates about squads and who the better player was and we're all looking forward to yours uh, next week Paul
1: yeah might might take like a bit of doing dwindling it down but yeah you might see a few, uh, few kids from the 80s in mind Tech seventies might be in there we
0: will have to wait and see great show! big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail Podcast um Christmas is coming, Paul. Excited about next week.
1: Uh, what's happening next week? Well, we've
0: got a Christmas special in it, hopefully. Oh yeah. sorry, news,
1: mate. I but... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Christmas next week. I thought, <laughs> what day are we are now? No, no, really excited, mate. And have uh, enjoyed the show tonight. It's been good to speak to you guys again. It's. Um, I can't wait for the season to start now and uh, start reporting on the games again and uh, getting back into it every week like we do. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Cheers! Big thanks to you for this week's the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Paxton, and we'll see you next week.